Do you have any music news this week? Yeah, the only thing that everything is full of is the new Coldplay album, yeah. which is have just rave free star reviews, really quite consistent. Wait, Kanye West has done an opera. Let's delve a little bit further into this. Kanye West done an opera. Yeah. About what? So I'm looking at the review here. And I'm going to have a go at pronouncing this word. I've only just glanced it. Is it a whole opera or is it just one song? Uh, it's called Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, exactly. That's what I said. Yeah. Pseudo-opera. Pseudo-opera. Or pseudo-opera. Self-regarding spectacle. He, he thinks he's Jesus, doesn't he? He does think he. He also thinks he's the best rock star in the world. I suppose he's probably one of the most interesting music stars in the world. Yeah, but Colonel Gaddafi was interesting. We are we are but 32 days away from it being a brand new decade. How are you feeling about that? I hadn't really con- contemplated it, to be honest. It is, comp- in, it is incomprehensible. It's merely an arbitrary passing of time. Your mum's... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the rum has numbed me. This is going to be some top quality podcasting yeah, we've it's got. It's a shame, we've got, we got some great artists for you today, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done a huge amount of research. Oh, fantastic, neither have I. Shall we, um, shall we power on? Let's power on. So, uh, oh, well, yeah, welcome back to the Semitone Podcast. Thank welcome you for back, joining us. If you've come back. That's true. I hope you've come back. And if you haven't, bloody well, get back here. And you knobs. And if this is your first listen, welcome. Hello. Yeah. Hello. You're in for a treat. You should go back to the beginning because there's some <laughs> there's <laughs> some sort of recurring joke, recurring <laughs> themes, and we're gonna chuckle. And if you don't understand us, that's your fault, unfortunately. There's character development. Oh yeah, and there's whole arcs. Tom was very much a one-dimensional character when we started. He's really grown. I've branched out. He's really branched out. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. The person you didn't really like at the start of the series, but now actually you hope I don't die. <laughs> but I'm going to die in the end of the series, you just know it. Do you remember when you were moaning about Dry the River and now look at you? Moaning with Dry the River. Moaning with Dry the River. That's a good line. Keep that in. Uh, Michael Kiwanuka. Michael Kiwanuka. Michael Kiwanuka. Let's continue to say the name. Michael so we, Kiwanuka. Michael Kiwanuka. Michael Kiwanuka. So, how's your week been? It's been fucking phenomenal. In my in this Isn't he the best? I cannot believe I haven't known him ever. I feel like I've wasted seven years of my life. <laughs> Have you never heard of him? No, never heard of him. Not until you mentioned him at the last That's so, That's so cool. Yeah. So it's, been, it's been incredible. And the funny thing is, I've always been bitching about, like, God, people don't make music how they used to make music. You know, no, no one makes music like they did back in the day. It's all shit. It's all commercial manufactured shit and they do (laughs) somebody out there is making music exactly how they used to and is being quite successful with it as well thanks dad all I had to do was just look we didn't even look didn't even look I told you You exactly so finally you're getting something out of this friendship if you are ever in doubt and you feel lost and disillusioned with the music industry just google yeah, but so you didn't find this on Google. I told you about but it. But what I'm saying is I should have Googled. What are you going to Google? Music that sounds like old music? Yes. Top result, Michael, Michael Kiwanuka. <laughs> Google it now, see what it says. <laughs> Did you mean music that sounds like old music, but is in fact Jewish music? <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, Michael Kiwanuka. Michael Kiwanuka. So how did you how did you start? Uh, I started its very first album, Home Again, from 2012. Mm-hmm. It is 38 minutes long and it is 10 songs. Off the top of your head, as ever. Yeah, uh, the first song is Tell Me a Tale. Hey, be a picture that I can see. Give me a touch that I can feel. Tell me 
this come from? You could put it on and you're taken back to the 70s. It's so phenomenal. Not that we were there, but yeah. Yeah. Can I make my first comparison? Mm-hmm. This first album, lots and lots of people compared his voice to many, many different artists. Most predominantly, Bill Withers. Yes, that struck me. Immediately, doesn't it? You, you just... I don't know what it is about that song. It sounds like he could have sung it. Yeah. So his big songs... Ain't no sunshine when you're gone And this house just ain't no home Anytime she goes away Yeah, I first listened to this, thought, wow, fucking hell, Bill Withers, Marvin Gaye, Otis Redding. When you give me an artist, I often have a sort of feeling of, oh, fucking hell, what am I going to be listening to <laughs> this week? And as soon as you recommended him, I just went and listened to him. I thought, let's just start. And I haven't been able to stop. That's so nice. He's been a wonderful revelation. I can't wait for him. And I'm, I'm really happy because his, his most recent album came out so recently. Yeah. That I feel like I'm now up to date. Looking at us getting relevant. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think, I think all the comparisons that people make with him is nothing to take away from him no and it's simultaneously the fact that the music he's compared to is so timeless like you play Ain't No Sunshine and that could that could have come out recently Mm. but then his music I can see last I can see people listening to it in 50 years Mm. time I feel like it's you could have popped him in the 70s and he would have been his own artist in his own right yeah. without any comparisons and what he's done is just taken this vintage soul sound of the past brought it into this not even it isn't updated it hasn't changed anything he's, he's just a new artist doing this genre one of my favourite parts about this song was the fact that there's a flute playing in it mm. and I just thought that's wicked we do not hear enough of that don't I hear think. enough flute do you? we don't we always see flute as quite a we I always see flute as like quite a weedy classical instrument that doesn't really Ponzi. Yeah, it doesn't really bring a great deal. And there are several examples of it, of it not being that. I think the main one for me is Jethro Tull, locomotive breath. Really nice flute solo. Ballsy way to open an album as well, just just immediately. And he, I think he does ballsy openings throughout his oh, albums. We will come to that. Well, don't you worry, guys. Don't you worry. Um, You're sat there going, shit. They're not, shit. They're not going to talk about Cold Little Heart. We will. It's, it's there. I've already written it down. <laughs> it's right here. Cold Little Heart. Phenomenal. I may, may even throw in a new adjective for you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's for free. <laughs> if you, if you sign up to our Patreon account, <laughs> you can get one free adjective. <laughs> this might not be particularly interesting, um, but the, the, the flautist is called Gary Plumley. <laughs> found that out for you. So next that comes on, I'm getting ready. Then we'll be waving hands, singing free. Standing tall now coming easy mm, No more looking down Honey can't you I think that song cements this as a real combination of folk and soul. So this song is about getting ready to believe in God. I I'm not, I'm not down for that. You know what? I was on the side of Jesus after this. Oh. I, I I was almost ready. So I feel like I, I've slipped in back, uh, slipped back into my old habit of not listening to the lyrics <laughs> um, that much. I mean, Partly because I'm really enjoying the music. And again, people who are just joining us for their first episode really should go back and video the episode <laughs> so they understand what I'm saying. Yeah, any highlights for you on that album? Uh, well, Other than the ones that we just mentioned? Well, Home Again's the biggest song that I'd... The only one I'd heard previous to listening to this album. Yeah, see, that song cemented him. I didn't realise how big he got 
immediately after this album. Did I it? thought I thought the second album was the one that, well, the, the second album was the one that launched him into the mainstream. But this this was nominated for the Mercury Prize for for a sort of laid back folk soul album. That's quite stunning. That's quite. I suppose it's huge, isn't it? But the first Mercury Prize have always been they've been always quite diverse in what they select. It it could be a indie rock album or it could be something completely different like Dave. Congratulations once again well to Dave. 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 Reckless stolen pets, that's Jillian Vespers. And the feds got my broski restless. Said he got a charge on a car, no Tesla. And everybody round me. Apart from the first song, I was I did really enjoy this album as like a nice, soulful, folksy album. And I kinda thought, that's just this is Cameron, isn't it? It's quite nice. Uh sort of a lesser known branch of Cameron, but it's still attached to Cameron. And, and, and how he sees the world. And only my feel. closest friends get to see the... The lesser branches of the Cameron. The lesser branches of Cameron. <laughs> no one's seen a lesser branch of Cameron for a long time. Tom. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sat here thinking, it's a lovely, soulful album. This is nice. Kind of expecting much of the same in the next hmm. one. And it's really not. Did you ever notice I've been ashamed I don't have words to describe how good an opening song that is. I uh, I would say that's one of the best opening songs to an album possibly ever by the fact that it follows up from that, as you say, chill album, very lovely. You just don't expect a 10-minute epic. Takes on a journey. It does take you on a journey. What was the journey that you took? Well, I, I started at the beginning. Uh, sort of plodded along a bit and got got a bit wrapped up with this guitar solo. I uh, yeah. really enjoyed myself, obviously, um, but it, it had to end. So I moved, then you know carried on um, into the sort of more conventional suburbs of the verse chorus, verse chorus, verse chorus, verse chorus, and then and then finally uh, you know moved on to the outro, which um, a lo- took a lo- a, took a very long time to bloody well finish. A logical progression. Yes. And one we commend you for it. Um, that intro with the guitars, mm. more influences coming in here. Mm-hmm. Pink Floyd, yeah. comfortably numb. Most certainly. <laughs> but I would, I would also argue that pretty much any Pink Floyd guitar solo. Yes. Would be similar to that. Amalgamation of soul and rock, that song. Yeah, really super cool. Um, I also quite love, there's a, when it gets to the chorus, um, there is a really cool juxtaposition between this very dirty guitar solo, very, very low in the mix, with these wonderful swelling strings playing yes. on the top, really smooth. Yeah, I, I hadn't I hadn't um, appreciated that. There's just so many different genres. You can't you can't pinpoint it. It's such a ballsy way to open an album. Really ballsy way. I do like it when people um, do that. Another great album opener uh, by Air is called Le Femme d'Argent. The perfect opening. Um, I, I like the fact it goes immediately from that expansive, all-encompassing, cold little heart into the immediately political black man in a white world. I'm a 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 black man in a white I'm in love, but I'm still sad. I found peace. Yeah, it's a great song. It's a great song. It is a great song. It's very catchy. Although, if you do sing this when you're walking along the street, people give you funny looks. <laughs> that sort of gospel music, I I would listen to usually, but the way he does it, he makes it more mainstream, and it's just really catchy and really beautiful, and sends a really powerful message. And I think when Black Men in the White World gets into the chorus. And you've got these string pews. It's that, very that's a technical term. That's a technical term. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so disco. 
Disco wasn't a word I'd... But if listen, listen to this book. I'm a black man in a white world. I'm a black man. Bee Gees-esque. Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't noticed that before. So to have like this very um, strong political message over the top of Bee Gees type song. So what I've always said about the Bee Gees is they should be more political. <laughs> yeah. Falling's a nice song. I'm falling. I'm falling. I'm falling So you know this album was produced by Danger Mouse? Is that actually? Yeah. yeah. That's a good fact. Um, who I didn't really know about. Danger Mouse. That's not, the Danger Mouse, don't you? Yeah, not... Not the cartoon? Not the cartoon. Oh. Um, so rest this album. <laughs> this was the album that I thought he first started to embody a bit of Nina Simone. Just... That soulful voice, especially when he gets the piano elements in there a little bit more, and having that power in his voice. Yeah. So, for example, the only song that we can play from Nina Simone is Cinnamon. So I run to the Lord, please help me, Lord. Don't you see me praying? Don't you see me down? Yeah, I mean, I mean, that Nina Simone song is just, I think. I'm thinking phenomenal. That's a, that's an adjective. Have you used that adjective yet? Several times. Several times. Can you think of a new one? Good. A bit. Nice. Mm, Pleasant. Mm. Satisfactory. We're not reviewing a local brunch establishment, Tom. We're reviewing... The sausages of... were okay, but <laughs> I preferred the black pudding. Um, something a bit more, a bit more f- fulfilling and... Um... Eggs over easy. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do. Sublime. Nina Simone, eggs over easy. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to listen to the Nina Simone episode coming soon to podcasts near you. 2021. 2021. Nina Simone. Yeah, exactly. Stay tuned, we, we haven't ruined this friendship through this first series. Yeah, it's been tough, guys. I like in some moments where you just think, Christ, are we gonna are we gonna actually pull through? But we do, you know. Michael Kiwanuka bringing us together. There's always a Michael Kiwanuka. In every relationship, there is a Michael Kiwanuka. You just need to find that. i tell you what there is between us, Tom. A keyboard? Love and hate. Oh, sorry. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Play it. most about love and hate is the simple yet amazingly catchy chant that's going on in the background i think it's the best song ever with a in it that's saying something yeah i heard that song i think i'd heard it anyway because i'd listened to this album but the first time i heard it used in something that i went oh that's cool was um the end of an episode of lovesick the sitcom Really? Yeah. I, mu- I must have heard it before then. And it's a perfect end of sitcom song, you know, that it sort is. of, yeah. there's a there's either a happy or even a sad realisation. I can imagine Johnny Flynn looking forlorn across sort of a half full bar, I mean, just it, having it, missed out on the opportunity of a lifetime to, to be with the person he actually loves and he sort of have that thousand yard stare across. I mean, it's not that bit, but that would have been nice. Yeah? Yeah. The, the, is that an actual scene? That is a bit of a scene, but that's not the scene that this song is on. Big blue eye. Yeah. I wish I was him. I wish I were. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Mm. He's, 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 he's like an English Jared Leto. What weird comparison. They are both actors and musicians with very successful careers in both. My God, he's the English Jared Leto. <laughs> if only he'd played Joker in the. I... <laughs> he must have been a bit. Of... <laughs> I <laughs> wanted to see a magic trick. <laughs> 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 
Or not, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you got any good facts, Tom? It's funny. You do, I do have a good fact. I don't think we've got time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you anyway. So earlier in the podcast, you compared Michael to Bill Withers. Mm-hmm. The fun fact is, Bill Withers' drummer mm-hmm. has drummed for Michael Kubinuka. Interesting fact. It is a good fact. Video recommendation to go along with that fact... <laughs> If you would like to see Bill Withers' drummer, he is called James Godson, and he was dubbed the world's coolest drummer from this clip of Bill Withers playing Old Grey Whistle Test 1972. Ain't no sunshine. Watch it, and it's amazing. That's Tom's video recommendation. (coughs) I'll Never Love is a highlight for me on this album. I'll never need somebody I'll never need somebody Like many of his songs, there is sort of a bit of a story to it musically. It never sort of starts where it's going to end up. At the start of I'll Never Love, there's a bit of warbling electric piano type mm-hmm. sounds. And then it moves into this sort of very nice piano-y, soulful song. So okay. you think it's going to be something a bit experimental and electronic. And it's, it's not. It's going to be just a damn good, bloody good song. Do you think it brings the 70s to us, or do you think it takes you to the 70s? I think it brings the 70s to us. Because when you say you think it's contemporary, do you know why? Because like, I, I agree with you, but I can't quite pinpoint why I think it is also contemporary. I think it's tighter. That's it. No, that, that, is, that is it. I was stabbing in the dark no, you there. Nailed but it. Yeah. yeah, you have nailed it. And also it's uh, the amalgamation of genres. I don't think that would be the case in the past there would be a soul album you'd have a yes. soul artist you wouldn't have a soul artist with a Pink Floyd solo put in the middle of it would that's you that's what brings it brings it all together yeah you really have and makes him it. so perfect so I'm, I'm sat here very satisfied listening to Love and Hate thinking where can you go from here <laughs> and but three weeks ago he releases Kiwanuka Oh my god. As The Guardian said, one of the albums of the decade. And even if you released that next year, it would have been one of the albums (laughs) of the decade. I haven't heard anything like this before. It throws you straight in there. You ain't the problem. What makes you blind? I hope to find who I believe in. Get back in line, I can't deny myself. Show me the feeling. Oh, you got me wrong. If you don't belong, live in the trouble. Don't hesitate. First thing when I first heard this, I thought this song could appear on any of Tarantino's films as the opening. So you know how in Reservoir Dogs they have a little green bag? As they're walking across the uh, car park after they've had their coffees. Not seeing it, but okay. Oh, it's a really good film. You should check it out. Okay, sure. Um, you could. I feel like you, it's a very different song to Little Green Bag, but you could put that over it, and it would still be very Tarantino. I, I didn't make that comparison, but like it. The thing that strikes me with You Ain't the Problem, the first thing is it lulls you into a false sense of security with a sort of rambling, absent minded intro. Mm-hmm. It's just quite sort of like chilled. There's not a great deal going on, but you're sort of looking forward to what's to come. And then with a few horn stabs. <laughs> Horn stabs. That is a technical term. I think that's a film I've watched. <laughs> I was a little bit worried with this third album because the, the difference between his first and second albums was so... There was a big difference there. I didn't know where this was going to go. I was mildly expecting it to be weird and me go, okay, yeah. not, not particularly interested. But it's progression. It's strange because you wouldn't think that you'd be able to progress that much further from his second album because the second album's really fucking good the change from the intro to the main song yeah is this slap around the face listen to me because I'm doing something now 
that's what makes this album I think better as an album mm. is that he he wanted to write an album in a world of streaming and playlists he wanted something you can put on and you listen to for 40 50 minutes yeah. and you totally get that because initially I was the sort of the little short tracks and little intermissions and little samples he has in, has in there. Yeah. I thought, okay, that's interesting, but I'm not I'm not quite guessing what the point of it is. And I read an interview with him, and he said that that's the point, is it basically, it makes you listen to the entire thing, and every song, um, I saw a really nice description of it, every song bleeds into the other songs. Yeah, I, I love that in music. I kind of feel that's why you would enjoy Pink Floyd as well, if you can mm, sit down yes. and listen to it, because their, their song, it's like you're going to see a symphonic orchestra, maybe. You're there for the performance for an hour, an hour and a half. You're not there to take, oh, I really like that five minutes, half an hour into the second act. Yes. You want the whole thing. I sort of find myself dreaming of being, I don't know, like trapped in some cabin somewhere with this incredibly cosy living room with a fire, bottle of whiskey, record player, and all three of his albums. <laughs> yes, it makes you at ease, doesn't it? I'd, I'd almost describe him as easy listening, because it is really nice to listen to, but there's so much going on. What if I could compare, them, if, compare him to Modrat? Modrat. Because that, that is an intense listen. Yes. There's a lot of stuff going on, but they make you know there's a lot of stuff going on. Whereas with Kim, Michael Kimanuka, there's a lot of stuff going on, but he is easing you through it. He's all right, don't worry, guys. Uh, okay, don't worry. Yeah. We've got a lot going on here, but it's all right. Let's it's settle all nice down. And gentle. Have Sit a drink. Down, have a drink. Have a relax. Be comfortable. I'm not massively invested in the comparison, but. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll, so you, you wouldn't go trading with this comparison? No, no, but I'd, I'll, I'll take it. And I'll, I'll I'll just put it over there. Yeah. See how I'll, it develops. See how time. it develops. Yeah. We could talk about every song on this album, to be honest. I mean, Rolling's obviously fantastic. I don't think there's another word to describe it other than phenomenal. Okay. So the next song is... <laughs> <laughs> all the songs are so catchy and you feel like you've heard them all before, which makes it so accessible. <laughs> moves... I think we're getting there with the description, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and it moves seamlessly on to I've Been Dazed. As you were saying about it, it all goes seamlessly from song to song. You could sing the bass riff from Rolling over the top of I've Been Dazed and yes. it would sound really nice. But yeah, they're so distinct. Completely different songs. But that's, I love that thought. So if I'm going to create a big piece of art and it's going to span over an hour and I'm going to break it into 14 different pieces. And do you know a little bit about why it's called Kiranuka. There's a line saying, I'm not going to change my name. Yes. So I know that because we've discussed this outside of the podcast about how to pronounce his name, he's been called a bit of everything. Yeah. And he's been told by managements and record labels, you should try having a stage name. And he's been like, no, no name. Because I first saw it and I thought, Oh, okay, he's just named it after himself, like a self, self-titled album. But then reading around it, he says he's always felt like an imposter, which is ridiculous in itself because he's totally earned <laughs> what he's got. But that whole fact that it's basically, he is no longer that imposter. Here he is. It's Michael Kiwanuka. This is who I am. I don't need to be anyone else. This is my work. And you can see that on the album artwork, he's wearing this kingly robe. Yeah, it's just, it, I, it just, it's an artist that's discovered himself. Yeah. Which moves us on to Piano Joint. All I know is my own mind is kind of love. It's taken me from my enemies. Don't let the pressure. So that song's written for his wife? 
lovely. Like he seems one of those artists who's just in a perfect marriage, yeah. <laughs> which is so rare and so lovely nowadays. Can we move on to Hero? Yeah. Who's that reminder of, Tom? <laughs> it's funny you should mention it, actually, Cameron, because I've been thinking it kind of reminds me of Jimi Hendrix. And what song exactly? I believe it reminds me of... No, that's not it. I no. know, it's not <laughs> I was going on with it. No, I think your, your original was better. Yeah, we'd argued that we'd both made the comparison. Oh, we're going to cut this shit, so oh, just, just, okay. just do, do the original. <laughs> I'm getting very much Jimi Hendrix vibes. Yeah, me too, actually. It kind of reminds me of Along the Watchtower. No, I don't think it's that one. so why do you like hero so much it's rocky it's catchy the guitar's wonderful it's perfect kiranuka he's a really interesting artist where the highlight songs are few only because I could go and say there are 14 songs on this album that I would really recommend you listen to. I don't think you can pick out highlights that you've just got to say you've got to listen to the entire thing. Yeah, which is, is terrible, terrible insight. It's, it's um, But, you know, stop being lazy and go listen to it. There's four you listeners. Listen to us. There's <laughs> four listeners going, boo, where's the hits? <laughs> So I gave you the music. You gave me. Which is a hell of a. The music. It's such a difficult band to try and Google. (laughs) You type in the music and it is not helpful. You have no idea how much stuff I was listening to before I got to (laughs) the actual band. I started at the beginning of music. (laughs) I was listening to sort of. You know, cavemen hitting rocks together and, you know... Like really underrated. There's really actually an artist who's done that, but in like a modern way. Oh, it's really good stuff. There's a whole show on Six Music devoted to it. <laughs> <laughs> Once you eventually found them, what did you think? I've had a, I've had a good, good week, actually. Okay. So, do you want some overarching thoughts and then we'll plough on... Not especially. Okay. Anyway, I thought they were okay. Better than okay, actually. I thought I enjoyed it. My overarching thought is that they sound like a support band. I mean, that is quite damning. It's it's damning to a point. So, I've got... I mean, there's evidence... I've got got facts. I mean, there's evidence for that. They supported Coldplay, Oasis, New Order, U2... That's, that's quite some good names they supported to be fair. <laughs> that's quite a good CV. Yeah. But I I found myself listening to it f- through the first time. These are my initial thoughts. Mm. I've subsequently come to find a bit more depth. But my first thoughts were like, I can hear this in a gig when I'm trying to catch up with my friend that I've gone to the gig with, and I'm sort of going. These guys are good. I think I'll go and listen to these. And the sound quality is not particularly great. Yes. But you get a sort of a hint of a melody in there and you go, oh, they sound all right. They are a very young, out of school band. Yeah. Who got quite successful. Mm-hmm. Who sort of just, I don't know. Yeah, they got quite successful. I was I was curious at what you would think because I, I th- I'd hoped that you would enjoy the first album. At least. I feel like that they've been influenced by artists that you like. And I know you like. And yeah. I think they, they do a bloody good job. At Bl- what they're bloody trying, good bloody job. Bloody good job at what they're trying to do. For personally, it's very interesting because I very much enjoyed listening to Michael Kiwanuka more than I enjoyed listening to the music. <laughs> Does that mean I've won this week? You may have won this week. That being said, I did play this this morning. Yeah. All three of their albums. And I was just like... Stick to your guns, Tom. These guys are really fucking <laughs> they good. They are good. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah no, initially, initially I listened and I wasn't majorly bothered, but it's interesting to get a bit of context of where they were. 
Context is everything. Context is everything, as they said in my recent trial. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Because I I first... So I read their little Spotify bio before I listened to any of it. And it started talking about Britpop. And it was that they were the end of Britpop, the the dying out of the... Not the dying out of Oasis, but it was... We were over the Oasis hump. It was evolving into something new. Yeah, we'd we'd yeah. gotten over our, our blurs, our Oasis, our supergrasses, mm. and we were coming into those early indie bands of the t- early 2000s. They were a flightless bird in a winged future. That's it. I think we can end there. <laughs> I Yeah, I wrote that they were a really sort of... Um, midpoint between sort of rock and indie and uh, they moved on from that Britpop phase I just think the overarching thing is there were so many other bands whether they were possibly influenced by them that just did it a bit better and they were different enough to push the genre forward a bit more than these guys did I kind of see them as unfulfilled potential Yeah, yeah because I listened especially to their first album I listened to that and I think a lot like Michael Kiwanuka, they have, they've managed to get an old genre of music, bring it to this modern age. But what's that old genre? I think, I think they sound like psychedelic rock. Okay. So they've got a lot of Led Zeppelin, a lot of Stones, a bit of Stone Roses as well, which yeah, also draws on actually, those sort of 1970s bands. For us editing, that's Tom checking the coke because it was making a funny noise. It was squeaking. It was it? squeaking, wasn't it's it? Unacceptable. It was. It was mid mid stream as well. It was screaming its approvement of your. <laughs> I am on the same page with your comparison to Led Zeppelin. Uh, his voice, so Robert Harvey, yes. lead singer. I've not heard an indie band or possibly any other band with a singer that sounds so much like Robert Plant. So I ploughed on with the first album. First song came on. The dance. Yeah, I put that on. I initially was like, hmm, this is a bit odd. My first thought is it sounds like an interlude to a song oh my god yes it does it sounds a little bit like it should be the middle of whole lot of love this sounds like it's part of a bigger song with a verse chorus verse chorus and then this three minute bit is just when they go off weird which is a very audacious way to open your debut album yeah i do want to make the point that although it may seem like i've just slagged them off i really think that what they do is amazing they're confident in the music confident what they're producing and it's cool. it kind of goes back to what we've been talking about in about music and enjoying it versus lyrics and understanding and appreciating them. Mm-hmm. So when you have a band that seems to really enjoy listening to what they play, I think you can tell, and you can tell in this album, it's like they've actually, they've had a great time performing music and playing music. Yes. Did they, they were commended massively on their live performances. From yes. What I read about listening to this, this, this album just screams live. I, I just want, I wanted to be in a concert listening to this. Lyrics wise, I think they're quite, another comparison to Led Zeppelin, they're quite similar. So just because it's him always responding to the band. Like Robert Plant's, his voice is an instrument, it's not just a, a way to get a mm. message across. That's what I think makes them a really good modern rock band. Hmm. It's the it's the music. <laughs> if you if you could see the look that Tom just gave me before he said that, you'll hear it in the little pause he just did before he said the music. <laughs> Never seen someone so proud of themselves. Not even Martin Luther King made that face before he said, "I have a dream." And then you're immediately into take the long road and walk it. So the thing I love about this song 
couple of things I love about the song. Many things I love about the song. How many things do you like about this song? First yeah. being, yeah. they were 19 when they wrote the song, which is wicked. This is the, I feel like this is the song that every 19-year-old band wants to write. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yep. It's got a wicked riff. Wicked riff. It's so cool, bluesy, rocky. Mm. He's got a nice, he's got this psychedelic feel as well to it, the way he's using the wah-wah pedal going over that. And then his vocals as well. Mm. I don't know what he's saying. He's from Leeds. Yeah, he's talking nonsense, but it doesn't matter because he's singing it in such a brilliant way, in such a powerful way, mm-hmm. that he can sing maybe, baby, yeah. And you're not thinking, oh, what the fuck are you saying? You're thinking, yeah. that sounds cool. I like that. I like the way he sings. Wasn't expecting so much variety. I, I listened to that first song. I was expecting a indie riff guitar band basically I was going to talk about this on the second album but I can talk about it it's happened organically now it's also it happened organically the music remind me of every band I listen to to get into music those sort of popular bands that were very popular with like mid-teens easy to listen to not nothing particularly controversial not a massive controversial something you, to enjoy yeah you're not going to have to sit down and listen to a bloody radio had album that goes off into some 10 minute electric solo that you're just not ready for <laughs> it's just it's you're not going to have to sit down and contemplate what's just happened to you exactly you just listen to that and you go oh that's fun I want to get up and dance yes. to this and that's what the music I think represent and they bring all of those people together do you think that they were unlucky maybe they were three years too early Yes, to a point. Because I, I get that feeling, because I think what you're saying, I don't they're not Britpop, and they're not quite indie rock. They're in this sort of three-year void between yeah. the two. Yet they're slightly different from both of them. Yeah. And it's just like they're quite, they don't quite fit into what people wanted at that time. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have to type in the music. I have to wade through shit to find them. Yes, exactly. I, I think they are better than that. Uh, so the next song, Human, is another song that I really like because they take their time on it. There's a really kind of psychedelic introduction. You've got his sort of, he's, he's wailing human at you. And then it sort of slowly morphs its way into an actual song, mm-hmm. which very much reminds me of Stone Roses. That was possibly the band I was looking for. I, I wrote a note of, who does that sound like? And I put U2 question mark. Um, I think there's better U2 comparisons later on. But yeah, Stone Razors, I think you're right there. Truth has no words. This song is one of my favourites of theirs because it has a brilliant riff. Simple, cool. Again, his voice drives the song so nicely. His wailing, rocky screech. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, I totally get what you mean. The, the riff just took me in completely with that song. It's a good tune. I didn't investigate the lyrics at all. It probably speaks volumes. That's almost a pun. It's almost a joke. It's it? almost a joke. Just not quite there. Uh, what do you think of Float? I thought that would be the best song live on this album. <laughs> when, when you listen to a song like that, or any of their music really, do you think oh yeah I really want to try and sing that and just belt out in the shower or I belt out in the shower that's that's about as much as I do yeah I'm not I'm not belting out while I'm on the tube no (laughs) (laughs) feelings of love (laughs) (laughs) I've put the music on quite a few times when I'm walking somewhere this week and just gone 
I'm going to get there quicker. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but Flow got me just because it it was such a build and there's a lot going on there. And I'm starting to understand your, when you talk about, oh, there's so much going on there. Just that way as well. Just that way, yes. There, there are two different songs in Flow, essentially. Yes. With a very casual break in between. Casual. Casual break. You've been on many casual breaks. We're just going to stop. Uh, now we're going to continue. A haven holiday in the middle. Yes. <laughs> I think that's what I like about this Flo, podcast. Is, is sponsored by Haven <laughs> Holiday. <laughs> oh my god, really what would, a segue that would I be. I would love to get sponsors like that, and we desperately try and fit them into <laughs> the podcast. You know what this song reminds me of, Tom, is, um, is an audiobook. <laughs> Brought to you by Audible.com? Yes. Yeah, uh, same, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For God's sakes, let's move on. Let's uh, so move on to the people. Yeah, the, the people was probably my favourite song. Yeah, that Hey Monday Morning line is the one that I'll remember. Uh, there's a good video on YouTube of them playing this in Japan, where they apparently were very big. Um, and he talks about, you are the people, you've got us to where we are, thank you, this is for you, and proceeds to play this. And yeah, you you talked about his voice being an instrument. And it's got those those rocky riffs, but that poppy indie tunefulness to it, and I think that's really great. You're talking in like a Kunuka's about the um. Ba-da-da-da. How's that fucking tune going? Again? You're talking about that and how that's the best ba-ba-ba-na-ba you've heard. Is this is this second? This this could be the second best. Bat Bat Banatma, you <laughs> Because again, he's You not... do this one and I'll do the... <laughs> Together at the same time. I think we just created something. Something magical. Uh, a <laughs> mashup that nobody wanted, no one anticipated. Um, <laughs> I think there's, there's a difference between that and, say, the stereophonics. <laughs> difference between that and Have a Nice Day. Whereas I think, because I like Have a Nice Day, I think it's a lovely song, but it's not cool. It's not cool. Which is a very basic bitch point, <laughs> but valid. <laughs> uh, the only other song I enjoyed from there was Guess Where. Just a sick beat. Sick beat. Sick beat. I, I got a bit of radio heady. Enough here. You have snot in your face. Did I have snot in my face? I've got a cold. It was a it was a booger. Oh, that's disgusting, isn't it? Shit happens. Speaking of which, but to be honest, <laughs> so <laughs> welcome to the north. Yeah, welcome to the north. I knew I'd heard of the music. Oh, do tell. You you said, okay, I'm going to give you the music. And a very small part of me went, oh, I've heard of that before. And the song I had heard was Welcome to the North. What a song. Huge tune. Huge tune for this process when listening to this. The thing that came to mind was Immigrant Song. Ah, 
So I first heard this song on a CD that I bought called The Bands 05, which was a collection of music that was sort of around from that time. The Bands 05 version 2, which you can buy for four ninety nine on Amazon if you're interested. Um, what an album it was. That got me into so many bands. So we've got a little game, Tom. So there's two discs. There's a total of 39 songs. If you, <laughs> you've got to guess as many bands. So I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you artists. I'll give you double points if you can get a song. So 2005, 39 songs. 39 songs okay. that are on are on the 2005 are on the the album called The Bands Go so Killers yes what Coldplay song? Mr yeah. Brightside no Jenny was a friend of mine no Smile Like You Mean It Smile Like You Mean It um, yeah Coldplay was right yeah and Coldplay would be Fix You no other about the music the music yeah Welcome to the North yeah um, would there be like a Katie Tunstall oh he's got it yeah what's the song oh uh, Black Horse and Cherry Tree no what's the uh, any other song oh my god Pass Muse. I don't think it was any Muse. Okay, sweet. I like bands. <laughs> only bands I who, know. Who else have we talked about on this podcast? REM. Yep. What's What's the song? Uh, was it an old song? <laughs> it was an old song. Losing my religion. No, the really early REM, but oh, IRS years. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Was it, did we mention it last episode? Yeah. What's What's happening at the moment? Brexit. No. Yeah. It's what. Splitting from Europe. Yeah. What's happening? We've division. <laughs> it's the end of the world as we know end it. Of the, oh my god! The what, end of the world as we why know is it. that on the bands 2005? It's bullshit. So welcome to the north. Welcome to the north. I thought it could be a bit of a meme. A bit of a meme. Yeah. So basic one would be as soon as you see the welcome to the north yeah. sign, you play. Imagine you're in like a bar fight, and you glass someone over the face. He's standing over them with... <laughs> and you're a politician going north because there's a minor strike. Looking a bit sheepish and a bit uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. And a minor throws a brick at your window. And as the window's shattering... Yeah. Freeze frame. Someone says hello to you. I have to say, I didn't really enjoy the rest of the album. <laughs> <laughs> did you not? No, I didn't. No, no, I really did. Uh, what else did you like about this album? Um, I wrote about Freedom Fighters, but that was just because that was the lead single, which interested me that Welcome to the North wasn't the lead single. this before in, in earlier episodes and I think I'm, I'm just about understanding it now is that the music are quite a difficult band to binge on yes because they are very you have a really good riff vocals music chorus build up drums crash bang stop repeat for the next song so I kind of feel like you you need to take your time enjoy the first album go on something else for a bit, try the second album, enjoy that, move on to something else a bit. If you listen to all three in a row, it's kind of like... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a technical term. Oh. <laughs> there was more variety than I was expecting, actually. Do you have any more highlights from this? Um, oh, this album. My favourite song of this entire process, not the entire podcast, listening to the music... So I'd listen to Welcome to the North, so I'm not counting that. Um, open Your Mind. Yes! Is is my favourite The Music song. It's so good. It's so good. It just completely shows off his voice for what it can do. Fuck me. So I've, good. I've played it six, seven times yeah. today. It's just too many oh, times. That makes Let's me go happy. for an eight.
what a song. It's insanely uplifting. So uplifting. I think I, I liked it because it took away quite a lot of the other stuff. The bad feelings. No. The, the, the despair. Sorry, I burped halfway through my no. point. Despair I, and the fact that you were quite closed-minded. You were like, actually, you're right, Rob Harvey. I, should, I will open my I mind. I will open my mind. I will listen to this. I think it just projected his voice so much further than quite a lot of the other songs did. It goes back to when I was talking about saying when they're like, they sound like a support band. His voice almost suited that slightly poorer vocal quality. I don't know. It sounded more distant on quite a lot of the other songs, especially the first album. But as that song, I'd want to listen to that with him sounding perfect. Hi, Cameron and Tom in a month's time. How are you guys doing? How are you doing? What have you had for dinner? How was Christmas? Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> no. Really? <laughs> You're kidding. Well, I thought it was small, but I don't know if it was that small. What do, you, what do you think we've had for dinner? Only Honest Burger. Ah, okay. I was going to go um, faux. Oh, actually, let's change my answer to faux. Because I've got a feeling that in three weeks' time, I'm going to want a faux. P5A. Actually, no, but I think we're probably going to be editing this in the year. Are you? We've got Radiohead to finish. It's a and new decade. And we've got Modley, yeah. And we've got Modley. Yeah. I think in a new decade. So, new decade, new restaurant. We've taken our audience of five and we've reduced that to the audience of two, which is us. Cool. <laughs> 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 <I'll Cool>. <laughs> <laughs> Please call in with your um... <laughs> We've got Tom on line one <laughs> Let's move on uh, Strength in numbers, what do you think? Well, firstly I was interested in the fact they took three-year absence to, to help Robert Harvey get over his addiction issues. But, I mean, there's album that, you know, when was the last time Coldplay released an album and they're got, not going near the heroin, are they? No. Maybe they should. <laughs> Finally give them some integrity. <laughs> That's why people don't like them. <laughs> anyway, um, they then come back... Th- with uh, strength in numbers, I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. That's cool. I so many catchy songs, which I wasn't expecting. So many choruses that were catchy. Do you know what's quite interesting about this? So, so I when I was listening to this thing, I was listening to it thinking, "Oh, he's gonna hate that. Oh, he's gonna hate that." Oh, which is a po- I shouldn't do it. It's a, it's a bad reflection on me and it's a bad reflection on you. I should trust in you a bit more. Because I, I, I think about this first song, Strength in Numbers. So I thought you wouldn't enjoy this because... He obviously sings strength in numbers, no one will come between us. And I'm quite lonely. 17 times. Uh, So I kind of figured, because you don't like repetitiveness. But it's quite catchy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So much good music is quite catchy and repetitive and you just reject it because you just... No, when have I rejected it? No, I've made the old comment that I've said, oh, well, that repeats. In a way, though, in a little snarky way that's like, I know better. Yeah, but I haven't massively disliked it. They do it in a good way. There's your answer. There's your answer. Yeah. Ironically, with regards to the amount of times they say the lyric, there is strength in numbers. We just shook hands. That's point of the podcast. Podcast point number one. 
um, the, my my favorite song was um, drugs. Drugs. <laughs> my mate Graham uh, wants to name a dog drugs, just so he can walk it in the park and go drugs. <laughs> Come here, drugs. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Graham, I hope you're doing well, mate. <laughs> it just gets you through the rehab. <laughs> <laughs> So the band I was most reminded of when listening to this, a very much a recent band, are Blossoms, are also Northern, and have that sort of similar indie vibe, Uh, I'd probably go for Charlemagne. But a lot, of, a lot of those songs on that final album, I thought, uh, that sounds very blossomed. I'd be interested to know to what extent they were influenced by them. Do you know what? I, I really hope they were a big influence on people. They, I really feel that they, they've flown under the radar. Google them, not a great deal comes up. No. no, no. Um, I, I may be jumping slightly too early, but the, the, the only thing I've heard of Rob Harvey since the music's final farewell tour yeah was him working with the streets uh, in their final album he was in a song going through hell bring your finger and will the ring around to bring it bring it and he's great on it and yes they go on and after so he took this Mike Skinner from the streets took a hiatus from the streets to go perform with the dot for a bit just him and Rob Harvey, and they've got some quite good music actually. It's worth checking out. Yeah, I haven't I haven't delved massively deep into it. But back into the uh, Strength in Numbers album, you had you had some comparisons. Yes, yeah, so, so uh, those first few songs, I I was getting blossoms basically, and then Idol came along, and it was a really nice interlude. <laughs> sexless band I kind of thought it was quite a sexy song yeah yeah no no, I enjoyed that um, yeah the rest of that album um, I, I I don't want to nick your comparison but we we both have subsequently made this comparison independently um, very very Kasabian <laughs> I've got nothing else to say about that album. My final point about the album is the final track, Inconceivable Odds. Ooh, that's 12 minutes. It is 12 minutes. What I love about it is it is for sure... 12 minutes. Three, <laughs> it is for sure three separate songs. Yeah. So, the first one, I really care about. Okay. The second one, that I very much care about. I don't think that they knew that that was their final song and that they put everything into that and they had slow, sad build-up followed by big, rocky instrumental followed by huge, rocky instrumental with vocals which doesn't make it an instrumental anymore but who the fuck cares? Yes. Just had everything, they poured everything into that final track and that's why it's almost 13 minutes long. I like your point. I would counteract that with the fact that they started recording stuff for the fourth album. Yeah, but and let's not... Let's not dwell on that. 
What I would like to say is the fact that they they did like a farewell tour. Yes, and that was they, very cool. And they had their last gig in Leeds and they got to go out on their terms. Yes. Have you got anything more to say from that album? No. I had a really good time and I'm sad. I'm always sad for them that I feel like they were... Sl- they were so much ahead of their time, they were in the wrong time. But so close to being so in the So close, time. yeah. Other Did you watch them playing Take the Long Road and Walk It on the David Letterman show? No. So you haven't seen him dance? I haven't seen him dance. This is my video recommendation. Ooh, I'm just absolutely entranced by the trousers. Yes. They're phenomenal. They're so uh, wide. So so I apologise, this isn't David Letterman. It's an American late night television performance by the music. Yeah, you're right. The trousers are amazing. And it, the way he dances is almost plant-like. Yes. It's, it's, the it's, hair, it's, it's, the... It has no business being in this decade. It doesn't. It, but it's phenomenal, <laughs> nonetheless. And I think that's a perfect way to sum them up, actually. Yeah, phenomenal nonetheless. Or no business being in this decade. No business being in this decade. What are we ploughing on to next, Thomas? Um, I think I'm going to struggle on to giving you Florence and the Machines. Is it Florence and the Machines? You're quite right to pull me up on that. I'm thinking I'm going to struggle along to giving you Florence and the Machine. Is it Florence and the Machine? Yes, I, was, I always thought it was Florence right. and the Machines. <laughs> prick. <laughs> Uh, and I'm going to give you, on the same note, a sort of very popular... Late, very popular? Very popular for one song in the late to mid-2000s. Uh, I'm going to give you Vampire Weekend. Looking forward to it. My friend, my partner, my lifelong lover. Till next time, goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah. I'm just absolutely entranced by the trousers. Yes!